Our focus tonight is on resources. Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. Now for you young people, a steward was a manager. Someone that was in charge of the resources that the man had. This isn't like someone on an airplane. This is someone that was in charge of the farm or of the business. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me unto their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, and how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore or eighty. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that... When ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Tonight I mentioned to you that we would be studying from Luke chapter 16 and the lessons the Lord wants us to learn from a fired employee. None of us like being in that situation where we get fired. But the reality is there are always lessons to be learned. Interestingly enough, this, in sequence, if you follow what's been happening, we began in chapter 14 a number of weeks ago. And in chapter 14, Jesus had gone to this meal on the Sabbath, and lessons he learned and uh, he taught from supper, remember? So now as we come on, he's still describing what took place. Also, I find it interesting. Um, the text doesn't say this is a parable. Some commentators just immediately say, well, this is a parable. But... It doesn't say it's a parable. Interestingly enough, as you go to verse 19 in this text, you're also going to find that it doesn't say that Jesus is telling a parable about the rich man and Lazarus. So I don't know if this is a parable or not. It appears, whatever it is, that the people could immediately identify. Maybe this was a high-profile story that the people knew, that this man that had been kind of the bigwig, someone that had always been in charge of this large estate had just gotten fired. We don't know for certain. 
But there is a key lesson here that we're going to be looking for, and that is life is a stewardship. And we need to use what God has given us, whether it's opportunities, whether it's resources, whether it is relationships. We need to make sure that we're using them wisely because, and we're going to see the story as he teaches us, he's going to say, remember, because you're looking beyond right now. So let's go back to our text again, Luke chapter 16, and we begin in verse 1. There was a certain rich man who was a, which uh, had a steward, and the same steward was accused unto him that he had wasted his riches, his goods. Now, where else have we heard about someone wasting their riches, someone who had wasted their resources? If it would help you look in the previous chapter. <coughs> the prodigal son. Excellent. Because, you see, that's the same word that's used of the prodigal who went out and wasted his father's goods. Here we have a steward that wasted his Lord's resources. Isn't this interesting how the Lord just put these two back to back to tell what he was wanting us to learn here? And interesting also, it appears from verse 2 and in verse 1 where it says he wasted his goods, it's not necessarily that he was a thief. He wasn't necessarily stealing based on what we read in the text. What do we find? He was irresponsible. He just wasn't doing a good job with these resources. So, in our language today, he said... You're fired. Put all the books together. I want to see really where I stand, and you're out of a job. So in verse 3, the steward says, so what am I going to do with this? How am I going to handle this? He said, okay, verse 4, I'm resolved to do this, that when I am put out of this job, they may receive me into their houses or into their businesses. Maybe someone else will hire me based not on past performances, but based on how I just gave them this really good deal. Jesus isn't teaching us to be dishonest. Jesus isn't teaching us to, to cheat someone. We just don't have enough detail here. Is it that the man literally just decided, you know what, I'm going to have a fire sale here. I think that guy, I can get 50% out of whatever he owes me. This guy here, I can get 80% out of him. I don't know. It may be that those were longer-term debts, and there were interest that was accumulating on this, and he, he let them go right back to just what the original loan was. There's just so much we don't know. But we do know this, that the owner was impressed when he went to these different ones, and he said, cut me a check for this, but i got to have it right now. And the guy said, yeah, I'll give you 50% off what that debt is. I'll give you 80%. So whatever it was, the owner was incredibly impressed. Verse 8, this owner commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. And then he makes this statement. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. What's he saying? He's saying that we find many people who are really smart in their finances now, they're not thinking beyond their generation, 
They're not thinking beyond the world, but they are thinking about the world, and they have learned how to make relationships. They've learned how to use what, what resources they have to really make something become very valuable. So they weren't talking about um, eternity, but he was talking about what is now. Now notice in verse 9, what are the applications? He's going to give us three applications. One about money, two about management, and three about who your master is, okay? So the first one in verse 9, we read, And I say unto you, this is Jesus now speaking, he says, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. He's saying, uh, so that when ye fail, and literally the idea is when you die, so when it fails, when life fails, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. You know, the first thing he's talking about, he says, begin planning for the future. Use your resources thinking of future times. Now, obviously, you know, you, you hear about Dave Ramsey, you hear about all these different ones that are telling you how to plan for your retirement, but what Jesus is saying is, let me just remind you of something. You're only going to be here for a short amount of time. So the stuff that right now is so valuable, this money, these resources that you are just clinging to, he says, be wise like the people who are stewards in this world. And he says, be wise and make to yourself that which is going to be valuable in eternity so that you can send on things ahead because as soon as you die, what you got here is gone. The money, the resources, the houses, the cars, the whatever you've got, it's, it's going to go to someone else. You know, well, how much did the person leave? Well, he left it all. It doesn't really matter how much you've got in the bank. At the end of the day, you can't take it with you. And so Jesus is saying, you know, just like the world can be wise with money, he's saying, be wise with your resources. He's not saying cheat people. In fact, what he's saying is, use the resources that I'm giving you as my steward and build for yourselves relationships that will be there for all eternity. You know, in John chapter 14, what does Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. What is he teaching us? Each of us have a place in heaven. Each of us have a place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us. And won't it be exciting when we get to heaven and those people that we have invested in here, we will know each other. We will, we will remember each other. And when we get to heaven, those relationships will still be vibrant. I'm going to know my wife in heaven. I'm going to know the Andersons in heaven. When we get there. And he's saying, when you get there, they will then be excited to see you. You think about the people you invested in that came to know the Lord because of your effort in their lives. Won't they be excited when you get there? You know, I was thinking about my mom and my dad. They had the opportunity to lead a number of people to the Lord. When they got to heaven, the fun reunion of people that meet them and greet them there. You think about others. I, I've mentioned to you before a guy named Carlos Demarest. Carlos 
was the most amazing man when it came to personal witnessing. He was kind, he was loving, he was gentle. He just was always listening for the Holy Spirit's leading. His prayer every day was, Lord, would you show me somebody that's not angry with you, someone that's not fighting you, just someone that's ready to hear about you? He was just looking for ripe fruit every day. He figured the other ones would ripen as it came. Imagine when someone gets to heaven and he's led many, many people to the Lord. And he's saying, use your resources right now. Spend some time with someone. Maybe take them out for a Coke. Take them out for coffee. Maybe have someone into your home. Invest in people because that's the investment that actually goes ahead of you, that can be taken care of. Um, use your opportunities wisely. Then he talks about our management of resources. He says, he that is faithful in least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. He said, when you, once you get this whole idea of your resources settled, that really the resources I have are just resources that I'm using for eternity. Once you get that settled in your mind, then it determines how you're going to manage those resources, right? He's saying, once you figure it out, now you're going to decide, okay, now I'm going to use these resources, whatever resources I have, for eternity. Well, that makes a big difference now what we as a church do. It makes a difference what we as individuals do. Because now we're just looking at what we have and saying, what's the best use of that? Now that I'm planning on the future and I'm not planning on here, now I'm looking toward what's the best way that I can use these for when I get there. And he, and he goes on to talk about, and so here is the master, Jesus, who's talking, and he says, so if you're faithful with what I've given you, he said, well, then I'll know you can be trusted with lots. And if you're not faithful with the little bit, you're not going to be faithful with a lot. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if I only had this, if I just had that person's abilities, if I had that person's checkbook, if I had that person's good looks, if I had that, if I had that, if I had that, then I would do better. And what was Jesus saying? Oh, no. No, a steward's a steward, a steward. You've got all these resources that I'm giving to you, and I've given to each one exactly what you need and exactly what I want you to have. And he says, just use what you've got. They're not yours anyway. You know, here was the steward who had this huge financial responsibility, but he also had access. He could, he was there in the house. He could enjoy all of that house. It just wasn't his. And isn't that really the way each of us are in our lives? What we have is really not ours. The cars that I own really aren't mine. They're ones God allows me to enjoy. The house that we live in is really not mine. It's just what I get to enjoy. You know, for years and years and years, Cindy and I just lived in a parsonage. It wasn't our house. We got to live in the house. But it wasn't our house. Then, when we moved to South Carolina, they didn't have a parsonage. We had to buy a house. God provided the money for us to be able to put a down payment on a house. And so we bought a house. You know what I learned? It still wasn't my house. It was just 
what the Lord had chosen to let us live in at that point. And you know, every step of the way, he just says, be faithful with what you've got. Because who would allow you to have more if you're not a good steward with what you've got? So he talks about your resources, your money. And then he talks about once you've decided that money is really just something is a resource for you to use for eternity, he says, then manage that based on what would be the best return for that. Then the third thing he tells us, he says, no man can have two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You see, he's saying, be wholly devoted. Commit and go the direction you're going to go. You can't really have two masters. Either you're going to love one, and we've got this word of love and hate, you know, sometimes that trips us up. We read he loved one person in Scripture and God hated the other. And the reality was he wasn't saying the way we use the word hate. He's saying based on how he treated one person, we would say, well, he didn't love that other person nearly as much. Well, how do you know who you really are serving? Well, the way you treat the one will change the way you treat the other. You can't treat them both the same. You can't go all out for everything that's just here on earth and go all out for what's in heaven. Now, you still will either make money while you are all out for God, or you can still go to church and not be all out for God. But what happens is, is that you can't be going after both. You've got to either go for one or the other. And so Jesus is saying, choose who your master's going to be. You know, there are going to be times, and I would just encourage you, and for you who have children growing up, always teach your kids these principles, and that is you have to decide who your master is going to be. It's not all or nothing when it comes to work. You'll work, but when someone begins to ask you to do what violates what God tells you to do, your master's God. God will provide what you need but always put God first. So he gives this lesson on stewardship. He's saying, if God is our master, then money's going to be our servant, and we'll use our resources in the will of God. But if God is not our master, then we will become the servants of money. We'll start wasting our lives instead of investing them. I thought this was interesting. A man named Henry Fielding wrote, make money your God, and it will plague you like the devil. Jesus said, make money your servant, and use today's opportunities as investments in tomorrow's dividends. Be a wise steward. You know, as our Constitution Committee has worked and what we have read as a group already under giving, we believe that every Christian, as a steward of that portion of God's wealth entrusted to him, is biblically instructed to be generous in his support of the church, relief of those in need, and advancement of the gospel. Each believer is encouraged to give willingly, sacrificially, and cheerfully in accordance with his own conscience, having grace, gratitude, and love as his motives. Each giver relinquishes all rights to control to the use of his offerings or gift once it's been made. We believe that the local church is obligated to wisely, biblically, and transparently steward the resources entrusted to it. You know, as you look at the financial statement that's been given to, that has been given to you tonight, I would just encourage you, look at what we've got. 
But every time we look at what we've got, let's always think about how can we best invest for eternity. I want you to know all that's happening financially. This is the money that we're all responsible to steward well. We're going to look at, sometimes we're going to want to give money to church members in need. Sometimes we're going to want to give money to people that are not in our church because we believe it would glorify God and help for them to see God. Maybe people that are going through hardships. We're going to have to steward our money when it comes to how will we handle missions. One, we want to be zealous for missions here in our community. There are people all around us. Sometimes it's easy to begin thinking only of a mission field when we forget we're missionaries in this mission field. We can't only give resources for others. We want to reach this community. It may be we need to spend some money to reach this community. I know I've, I've been in some churches where people have said, I'll give anything that needs to be given to missionaries to build buildings, to buy equipment, to do whatever. And then we would look at our stuff and we would say, what does this look like around us? And the reality was, what we had looked horrible. And we didn't have the things that we needed. But no one wanted to spend money on the Jerusalem, only on the uttermost parts of the earth. How do you balance that? It's going to take the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take us just having this one focus. I've been given these resources, opportunities. I'm going to manage those because my master is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to please him. End of the day, if, if each of us individually are using the resources we have, to please the Lord. That's a good day. If we as a church are using the resources we have to please the Lord, that's a really good day. And then the exciting thing is, because we've invested in that which is beyond, we've got all eternity to enjoy those investments. Resources. We want to focus on the fact that life is a stewardship and we must use our God-given opportunities faithfully.